started. So we're on the bottom of 52B of Mimbez on Mimbez. And what we're quoting the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, There was no courtyard in Yerushalayim that was not lit up from this great light, they, these uh, beautiful candelabras that were full of, uh, you know, 120 lug, which is a very substantial amount. I don't remember exactly how many, but many, many ounces of olive oil were sitting in each one of these uh, of these basins, and they lit them on fire in the Beis HaMikdash, and the entire Jerusalem, every courtyard was lit up from that light. Tanum, right at the bottom of the page. Isha haisa beireres chitim lo'arsh Interesting, interesting point. The Brisa teaches... Then not only was there not an, every courtyard had light in it, to the extent that the light was so significant that wherever a woman was, anywhere in Yerushalayim, she'd actually sift wheat because that light was so powerful. Now, if you want to sift wheat and you want to take out the shaft, you want to take out the little pebbles and things like that, you have to either have very, very good vision or there has to be a very good amount of light. So what the Bryce is teaching, just how significant that light was, that it was sufficient for a woman to even sift wheat by that light. Now we're continuing to read about the dancing that happened in front of the in front of the um, in the courtyard at the time of the of the uh, simple space of Shoeva at the time of the rejoicing. The righteous men and the men of great renown, the great deeds that they have done. Right. So Hasidim means the pious people, and then Anche Maisa mean men of of uh, of action. Right. The action that we're talking about over here is not uh, you know action heroes in, in the sense that we think of. Not Marvel action heroes. It's a different type of action heroes, right? It's the action heroes that are doing mitzvos. We learned in a raisa. When they were dancing, some of them used to say, "Ashra How fortunate is our youth? Shalobaisha That our actions in our youth, we are not embarrassed of what as we got as we have become older. These are the men of great deeds and uh, pious behavior. Yeshua and Aimer and others used to say, How fortunate is our old elderly age that has atoned for our youth. What is this referring to? This is referring to the people who were the Balei Tshuva, who in their youth perhaps had sinned and perhaps were not living on the most elevated lifestyle. Then when they got older, they did the Shuva. And as we've learned previously in Yuma, Masachas Yuma, we learned about how the place where the Tzadikim stand, the place where Balei Tshuva stand, even the most righteous individuals cannot stand. Both of them would say, Fortune is one who has not sinned. And the one who has sinned, he should return and it will be forgiven to him. Tanya, we learned in Raisa. Amru Allah al Hillel Hazakin is said about Hillel the Elder. When he was rejoicing at the rejoicing of the Simchas Beis Shoeva, this is what he would say. If I'm here, we all are here. But if I'm not here, then who is here? Right now, this is not Hillel speaking about himself. This is Hillel as a euphemism for Akadish Baruch Hu, for Hashem, to recognize that Hashem is the if Hashem is here, then the purpose of the base of Mikdash is served. If Hashem is not here, the purpose of the base of Mikdash is not served. It doesn't make a difference what you're doing, and your rejoicing is not relevant, right? Um, it makes sense that Hillel would be the one to say this, right? Hillel in Perkei says, If I'm not for myself, then who is for me? But if I am only for myself, then what am I, right? So this is clearly a play on words. One or the other is a play on words of this similar idea. And he would also say this, to the place that I love, to there my feet will lead me, almost like uh, subconsciously. If you will come into my house, then I will come into your house. But if you will not come to my house, then I will come to your house. 
So this entire monologue, this soliloquy, is a is the words that he is putting into Hashem's mouth. And what he's saying is that if you come into my house, I will come to your house, and vice versa. Fortunately, it says, asker shemi. It says in the Torah, how do you know the place where you're going to choose to be the base of Mikdash? It says in every place where I will cause my name to become mentioned. And I will come to you and bless you. Hillel also one time saw a skull that was floating upon, upon water, right? This is actually in Perkyavas. Amalai said to the skull, Because you have drowned others, they you have become drowned. And because you, the others have drowned you, then they will end up becoming drowned as drowned as well. Right? The idea being that uh, there's a mitic negan mita in this world, there's a measure for measure of punishment and reward. The way in which we act, that is the way in which we get rewarded and punished. A man's feet are responsible for him, right? What does this mean? So they drag him to the place where he is, is uh, you know, requested to be, right? There's a famous story. There were two uh, kushim, right? These, um, they're black individuals, whether they're Ethiopians or, or you know, uh, so the place in, considered to be uh, from Africa. And they're standing from Shlomo Melech. Alicharaf Achia B'nei Shisha. These are the names, Achia and Alicharaf, the sons of Shisha. So from the Shlomo, they were the, the, they were the, uh, the scribes, the people, the court secretaries of Shlomo Melech. Yemachad, one day, Chazi L'Malach HaMavis, Tahavei Ka'atsev. Shlomo Melech sees that the Malach HaMavis is very sad. Okay, remember, Shlomo Melech is able to speak to the demons. Amalei, so he says to him, Am I at, at Sivta? Why are you sad? Amalei says, The Kabbalah Minei, Hani Karte Kushai, the Yasi Hacha, the Sakhadish Baruch Hu and Shemayim has asked for me to take these two Kushimers sitting here. Misrinu le Seirim. So Shlomo Malach gives him over to the Seirim, right? The Seirim literally means goats, but over here what it means is the um, the uh, the Shadim, the evil spirits. Shadrinu the Mechuzah the Luz. He sent them to Luz. Why did he send them to Luz? Because Luz is a place where the Malach Amavas has no power. It's based on a different Midrash in, in uh, Masech the Sota. He matu the Mechuzah the Luz. When they reached this Mechuzah of Luz, they reached the city of Luz. Shechivu, they died. He sent them to Luz and they ended up dying there. Lamachar, so the next day, Shlomo Malach Asiyah, Malach Amavas, Tahavik Abadach. He sees the Malach Amavas is smiling and cheerful and, and, and uh, you know, in a good mood. Amalei says to him, Amalei Badechda, why are you in such a good mood? Amalei says, Listen, they were supposed to be dying at the gate of Luz. And my problem was that they're in Yerushalayim right now. And how, how am I going to get them from Yerushalayim to Luz? And then you took care of the problem for me. You sent them to Luz. So I got them exactly where they needed to be. And everything worked out perfectly. Immediately there, Shlomo Melech opened up and says, The feet of a man lead him in the direction in which he is supposed to be. To the place where he is wanted, that's where he will end up. Tanya learned in They said about when he was rejoicing during the rejoicing of the of the drawing of the water. He took eight avukas, eight torches of fire. Right, they were lit. And he's juggling them. They did not even touch each other. And when he was bowing down, and it's some sort of a cool uh, dance, but basically what he would do is he would take his thumbs and he would bend down really rapidly and bend down fully, fully down on the floor with his thumbs touching the ground and his head right above it. And then immediately like, throw himself back up into the air. And no one else is able to do this. Only Omishun Gamaliel was able to do this. And this is what's called Kida. We had this in Brachas. 
Levi was showing what Kida is in front of Rebbe. And he ended up becoming uh, lame, right? He, he, uh, he did something to his body. He pulled the sinew or whatever it is that he did. Bahagar Malay, but the says, is this the reason why he had this, this uh, became lame? says, You should never be, you should never come with kindness, you should never come with complaints against Hashem. Because there was a great man who one time came with complaints to Hashem, and he became lame. Umano, and who is this? Is Levi. In other words, the is asking, the reason why Levi became lame is not because he was bending down and, and he, he therefore became lame, a physical cause. It's rather because of what he had, he had done in terms of his disrespect to Hashem. So the says, yeah, actually, you have to say that both of them caused it. In other words, the reason why the physical action caused it is because he was worthy of deserving that because of his actions towards Hashem. Levi have a Kamei de Sakini. He used to be juggling in, in front of Rebbe in, um, with eight knives. Shmuel. Um, Shmuel was used to juggle in front of King Shafur, who was the king of Persia, with eight glasses of wine and none of it spilled. Abaya would, would juggle in front of Rabba with um, eight eggs, and these eight eggs were presumably raw eggs and not uh, hard boiled eggs. And some people said it with four eggs. Tanya, we learned in a rice. When we were rejoicing at the Simul's Beis Sheva, we did not see any sleep at all. Now he is a lady. Kate said, how is this so? At the beginning of the morning, the first hour of the morning, it was Tamit Shachar, time to bring the morning continuous offering. Immediately after that, we go Davin. Then we bring the carbon Musaf and we have to sing. And then afterwards, we went to Davin Musaf. Misham lebeis hamedrash. From there we went to go learn Torah. Misham laachil veshtiyah. From there we went to eat and drink the yamtiv meal. Misham latfilas hamincha. Then we go straight to the mincha. Misham latamet shemayin arvayim. Then we go straight to the afternoon mincha service. Right, the, the continuous offering in the afternoon. We come be'el chasim spesa sheva. And then at that it was already nighttime. What did we do? We went back to some spesa sheva and went straight until the morning. So he didn't sleep at all. The Gemara now tells us something fascinating. The Eni is this so that they didn't sleep the entire time of the some spesa sheva? It's not possible. The halacha is like this. If someone takes an oath to do something that is physically impossible, right? You don't wait until he cannot do it, okay? You say right away, Malkin you give him lashes for taking what is called a false oath. He took an oath that's not possible. So you give him lashes right away, and then he can go to sleep right away because there's no way he could have fulfilled that oath. So how can you say they went seven days without sleeping? It's not physically possible. You have to say this is what it means. Lota amne tam shena. They did not end up getting a good sleep. Because they ended up dozing off on each other's shoulders. So they didn't end up getting a good night's sleep because they, were, they weren't able to lie in a bed. There wasn't enough time. But of course, they had some level of sleep. No sleep at all would not be possible. Three days is the maximum. There are 15 um, steps. And they would say the 15 Shira Malas in honor of this. So the is going to tell us a fascinating story. Chizda said to a certain Torah uh, scholar who is who arranging the agadatos, right? The, the teachings, the teachings that are the concealed teachings that the sages give over. He was arranging it in front of him. Amalei said to him, Do why exactly did David Malach say these 15 uh, songs of ascent, right? The 15 Shir Hamalos, right? The famous um, Shir Hamalos is there 15 total. Why did he say them? Amalei said to him, at the time of David Shisin, dug the Shisin, 
Right? We've mentioned earlier the question is the shitsin, which is this, uh, you know, this whole, these pits underneath the, the base, underneath the, the mizbeach, underneath the altar in the base of Mekosh. Where did it come from? So Rabbi Yechonon holds that the pits were dug by David Amalach. So he, he dislodged the, the depths and the depths start rising up and the water is no longer uh, submerged and it's coming up and it's going to sink the entire world. Immediately David Amalek says the 15 songs have ascent. They read them and then the water goes back down. So why do we call it the 15 songs of ascent? It should be the 15 songs of descent because he's causing it to go back down. So that's why he said these 15 songs to get, cause it to go back down. Amalek, we said to him, Milsa, now that you reminded me of this matter, this is what was actually said. So the deeps, the depths came up and they wanted to submerge the entire world. Amr David, David said, And anybody know if we are permitted to write Hashem's name on a, on a piece of paper and then throw it into this pit to cause the water to go back down? Turn the page now to 53b. A chaspa, write on a on chaspa on a piece of pottery, then nash and then throw it into the depths. Umanach, and then the will cause the water should go back down to a normal depth. Like the common immediate, no one said anything. Amr David David said, Call the other name of anybody who knows the answer to this question and is not saying it. Let him be choked in his throat. who was the Rebbe of David Amalach before he went bad, he makes a Kabachimar about himself. He makes a Kabachimar on his own. When it comes to making peace between a man and his wife, what's the halacha? If you have a woman who's accused of being an adulteress, right? It's sota. And we don't know for sure if she actually did anything, but we know that she secluded herself with someone about whom her husband had warned her, do not seclude yourself with that man. And she did seclude herself with that man. The halacha is that to bring peace between the husband and wife, we take a name of Hashem and we dissolve it in the water. And she drinks that water together with the, you know, first putting the barley and then she drinks that water. And either she gets a great reward or she'll have a terrible punishment. But the purpose of this entire action is really to bring peace about between the husband and the wife. Because if the woman knows that she was an adulteress, of course she will never drink that water. So why would she drink that water? Only to create a sense of calm, peace, serenity once again in their household. There was a mess up over here. She did seclude herself in a forbidden fashion. So she, the way for her to rectify that and to cause that there once again is love between the husband and wife, they end up erasing the name of Hashem. Let my name that's written in, in Kedusha and Holiness on a, a scroll, let it be, let it get wiped out on the waters to create that this woman will now become uh, and certainly if it comes to creating peace for the entire world. In other words, the entire world is currently at risk of being destroyed by this water that's coming up. Certainly you are permitted to write it on, write Hashem's name on a piece of pottery and throw it in. So he says, it is permitted. Quickly he writes the name of Hashem on a pottery shard. And he throws it into the depths. And the tohema goes down 16,000 amas. Now that is too deep. If you imagine if you had to go 16,000 amas to reach an aquifer, you'd be in deep trouble. When he saw that it had gone down so low, the more it is raised up back again, then the world, the earth will have a moisture in it. He said the 15 songs of ascent. And then the deep came up 15,000 amas. And then it was still remaining at this point, 1,000 amas beneath the surface. The thickness of the earth is exactly 1,000 amas. What do you mean? Like we're asking the obvious question. 
You don't have to dig 1,000 amas deep to get water, right? If you want to dig a new well, it's not 1,000 amas. The reason why the water is close is because of the, the higher level, the, high, the ladder, the higher level that the, the Euphrates River is higher up in the ground, right? Okay. The Gahana would stand on the upper gate. Two Gahana would stand on the upper gate. What does this mean when we say the 10th step? The Nachas Chamisha Vakaya Asara doesn't mean that they went down five of the 15 total steps and then they stood upon the 10 remaining steps. Or perhaps it means the Nachas Asara Vakaya Chamisha. They went down 10 and then they stood upon the five. Take a Gemara says we don't know the answer. Gemara brings a Brisa. That their faces are towards the east. Do not then know that their backs are towards the Hechel Hashem or towards the sanctuary of Hashem? Why does the person need to say that their backs are towards the um, towards the sanctuary of Hashem? This teaches that they would uncover themselves. reason and they would defecate in that direction. Our eyes are to you, and um, we are. I'm sorry, we are to Hashem, and our eyes are towards Hashem. Anybody who says Shema Shema twice. You're not allowed to say Shema, Shema twice. Because if you're saying Shema, Shema, what you're implying is that there's two different uh, crea- uh, creators. Or if you say Maidim twice, you say Maidim, Maidim, and you say, I give thanks to you, I give thanks to you. Two different ones. This is what you should say. They used to turn towards the sun as they worship the east. But we give thanks to Hashem. And to Hashem, our eyes are, are hoping. So since when we mention the name of Hashem, we're in a little bit of a different context in each place. So there's no there's no semblance of perhaps we're trying to give uh, respects, pay respects to two different uh, forces. They wouldn't do less than 21 tekiyas in the Beis HaMikdash. And they would never, this is at every day of the year, never less than 21. And they would never do more than 48. Each and every day of the year, there are at least 21 blasts in the Mishnah. There were three at the opening of the gates. And there were nine at the daily um, sacrifice in the morning. Another nine at the time of the bringing of the, of the afternoon offering, right? So there was, so what do we say? We said there's 21, um, there were three at the time of the opening of the gates. Another nine and another nine, so you're up to 21. And if there was a, a Muslim sacrifice, they would add another nine, you're up to 30. And if it was Friday, they would add another six, up to 36. Three to say that it's time to stop doing work, right? Which they still do in, in, in Yerushalayim today. They have uh, the sirens, right? Beautiful. And then another three to say, and another three to say that we have to differentiate between the holy and the weekdays. Friday afternoon was in the middle of the Yom Tif, there were 48 total. Three for the opening of the gates. Three for the opening of the upper gate. Three for the lower gate. And three tikkias at the time of the gathering of the waters. And three for the, at the time when they put the, the Aravas on top of the Mizbeach. Nine at the time of the bringing of the carbon Tamad in the morning, continuous offering. Nine for the time of bringing the afternoon offering. And nine at the time of the Musaf offering. And three to tell people that they should stop doing Malacha on Friday, and three to tell people that it is no longer Shabbos and Matzah Shabbos. 
The minimum is not less than seven. And in terms of blowing, the maximum is not more than 16. But my chemistry, what's the In our mission says between minimum 21, max 48. Rabbi says minimum is seven, max 16. My chemistry, what's the machlekes? He counts it as one blowing, right? So even though you make three different sounds, it's considered to be one blowing as far as his count goes. And the Chavim hold that each blowing is considered its own separate blow. So you end up with the same exact number. My time of Yehuda, what's the reason for Yehuda? He says that that the 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 um the grouping of a tesh of a tekiya trua tekiya ends up being considered one blowing. Amar Kral says in the pasuk, "With tekatem trua," and you will sound a trua, right? So it puts them together. So what did the chachamim do? What did the chachamim? Why why don't they learn it like that? But Rabbanon, ahu lepshuta lefneha lachra Yehuda asa. This comes to teach you that the trua must have before and after it a long tekiya and a tekiya after that too. What's the reason for the Chachamim? They consider them separate. It says, that when you gather together the entire congregation, that you should blow a tekiah, but you should not blow a truah. But if you say that tekiah and truah are considered to be one note, right, total, then how can you say you're only blowing a tekiah, not a truah? By definition, it's always going to be a tekiah and a truah. So with the Pasuk have said, with the Pasuk have said that you do half of the mitzvah but not the other half, that makes no sense. But Rabbi Huda, how does he explain this? The sounding is just a blowing for the, for, the, um, for the camp, but it's not actually part of the mitzvah. So this, since it's not part of the mitzvah, it doesn't make a difference if you do the whole thing or not. Indeed, it is just a signal. However, the Torah, the, the compassionate one, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Tells us that this is not just a, something to signal the camp it's time to go, but it also becomes a mitzvah. Kamana is the Hammer of Kahana. Whose opinion is that which of Kahana said? That there cannot be anything in between the Tia and the Trua. There's no space in between them. Whose opinion is this? Kaman, whose opinion? Rabbi Yehuda must be like Rabbi Yehuda, who says that the, the three notes, the Tia, Tria, Tia, are one type, are one, one foul swoop of blowing. Okay, so uh, I guess we'll continue this tomorrow, the, right at the bottom of the page, Rabbi Yehuda. And we have, um, what do we have? We have another three block left, right? Okay, take care, everyone. Oh.